It's just too much. I think she's a very nice girl. And they just made me employee of the month yesterday, so I'm getting a lot of calls. I know where I'm not wanted, and I'm not wanted any place where people have all these social obligations if you get one of me. That's not true. You have you have two kinds of stuffing. You have real cranberry sauce. Run! I mean, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself. And I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? of the Best Supporting Podcast, where we are continuing our discussion of NBC's musical theater disaster masterpiece, Smash. I'm still Colin, and thanking you. And I'm still Nick, and do you know it takes longer to adopt a baby than it did to write West Side Story? <laughs> yeah, the tables really turn this week when it comes to, like, who wants a baby and who wants to be a science teacher. <laughs> I know such uh, such turmoil in the the Frank and Julia house. What are their last names? Julia Houston, Houston and the Houston yeah. household. That's right. Well, we are back to continue discussing 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 season one of Smash. I this is the episode I've been waiting for. I mean, it's it's your time to shine. It's Leo's time to shine, and we are all the better for it. Yeah, we're just waiting for that baby. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know it was gonna come so quickly. But yeah, this. Woo! You know. Th- you know. The aptly named pilot was no fluke because episode two has got lots of moments. Yes, and and maybe a little bit premature to ask this question too. But I was talking to Keon today, and I don't disagree. But like with him, by like, cause he thought that the pilot was like so solid, and it is. But it also is like smash solid, if that makes sense. Like I, mm-hmm. I do think, as far as like everything that they set up in the pilot, like it's pitch perfect as far as the broad strokes of what they wanted to accomplish. Do you think? Because a lot of times it's that second episode sort of trap, of you know, does it deliver? And did did you find that there was a shift? Do you think the the momentum continues in this episode? I think that it does. I think that it is, I think there's maybe, no, there's maybe like 10% less cheesy camp moments, you know, and like maybe 10% more of like, oh, that was actually a really good choice they made there. Yeah. But I think all of it exists. It's the world of it that's just so silly. You know what I mean? So it's almost like in the details. Great name for a podcast. (laughs) It's almost in the details. It's like in, in little moments like, how much Dev overreacts to Karen not joining them for dinner. Yes. Uh, and doesn't seem to be concerned that maybe she was hurt. You know, it's like little moments like, like, well, why? Or, or, you know, the, the office chair cha-cha. You know what I mean? It's like they're using office chairs. I you know. know. Like, it's so, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's, it's a bold choice, you know, that yeah. is fun to make fun of. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I don't know how I would answer that question myself. I, when he asked me that, especially going back but there were some revela not revelations that sounds overly dramatic but um you know it's so interesting watching this again for like a third or fourth time and you know new things i'm not necessarily picking up on but just new perspectives i guess but more on that as we work our way through did you have any other thoughts before we dive into the callback episode two I I think all I have to say is that if we're doing an overall scarf count, and I will say the yes. scarves are less this week, so it, you know peaks and valleys. Um, we're up to six from the last episode, 
uh, just for just for Julia Houston. We're just I can't keep up. Tom's got scarves. Sure, yes. You know, Karen's got scarves. I can't keep up with those pashminas. But uh, Julia Houston scarves. We're at a. We start the episode at six. Okay, great. Love this. So we open the episode with Karen. In a, in a dream sequence, uh, we don't really know it, but we kind of do. She's singing Call Me by Blondie. And I was like, well, I, I kind of forgot what this was. I was like, where is she here? And it's like almost like a karaoke bar. And Dev is there smiling supportively, looking as handsome as ever. But then we see Ellis and Tom and Julia and Derek and Eileen. And everyone is bobbing their head approvingly. Yet again, it's how the pilot started too. Another like sort of snap back to reality. Yeah, and like, and it it struck me maybe the second time I watched the episode. Call me. Yeah, she's singing very on the nose. And Blondie with Marilyn. It is just like, oh, it's too much. Yeah, I know. I I know. I I could be wrong, but this might be scarf number seven in this in this dream. We're gonna count it in my in my French vanilla fantasy. uh, Julia Houston is wearing a scarf. I need to be more. I I keep relying on you for scarf count, and as I watch it, I get so excited that I just forget everything. So I need to next week. I'm gonna be more diligent about scarf watch too. So uh, I appreciate the you know the backup because I I'll miss a few. Yeah, because but but I'm there with uh, you know drinks being thrown in Jerry's face. First one of the season. Yes. Can't wait. (laughs) Okay, so Karen is snapped back to reality again in the cafe. She's holding a pot of coffee. And uh, I like this coworker here, this supportive coworker who says, like, you're just not here. Have you heard yet? And it's been four days, Colin, which is nothing. Some people right. wait months to hear back or like callbacks can take place like two months later. Like I get it. The waiting game sucks, but um, it just makes Karen seem unintentionally. It makes us like, if you're really into theater and know the process that like, she's just being a baby about it. You know what I mean? Cause like, you're always going to be in that state of waiting. Well, she's got those baby hands that she sings with. I think we're coming to discover that Karen Cartwright is actually just a baby. <laughs> She's actually a a full baby in disguise. Dev is her babysitter. He is not her husband. <gasps> it's all making sense. Oh She's goodness. just a baby. She's a baby in in drag. A baby in drag. There. I don't know if you reckon or not recognize, but did you catch this like weird one line in the back of that guy that says, "Karen, here you go, honey." Did you catch yeah, that? What does that I mean? It was so weird because it, it seemed like it, it, the tone of it was so like, ah, well, here you are. You know, it was so like Gabe and Pen15. What are you going to do? You <laughs> yeah. Me? You know? <laughs> it should have been like, Karen, here you go, honey. And then like handing her something or I, I don't know what it, it was so weird. But that, that was the he last needed, thing in the background. He had to milk that line. Maybe he's a uh, he's, you know, working hard in the ensemble. For he years. is. He, he was a featured extra a, that day. Yeah. Yep. Got a line. So we cut to Tom, Julia, Eileen, and Derek. I feel like we should come up with a name for the four of them. Uh, I don't even know what it is. But they- well, let's see. What T E D J? T J. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Ted J. Yeah. Uh, um, but they're in Eileen's office and sort of debating at this point who is going to play Marilyn. Tom starts off by saying it's Ivy's part. She looks like Marilyn. She's talented. You know, uh, all the stuff that we already know. And Derek says, but this girl feels like Marilyn. And they're they're both beautiful girls, reassures Eileen. (laughs) I love that one line. Yeah, that's helpful. It's worth noting that 
while uh, Julia is not wearing a scarf, I think she's got something of a, a chunky sweater on. Tom is heavily scarfed. Like, <gasps> oh, a Tom scarf. A Tom scarf. Aggressive Tom scarf. I, while we're on the topic of necks, I think this is something that came up in the Lost Smash episode, but I think we need to talk about it here now because I can't stop seeing it. Derek has about 25% <laughs> more neck right. than he needs. And you can see it up by the ears. Like it, it's, it, it expands past his jawline. And I don't know if you remember the video game character Earthworm Jim, but this body type, this head, neck, body type is Earthworm Jim. I remember the game. I don't know what it looks like. And I keep forgetting to look at Derek's neck. So, I mean, I've got so many things to look out for in the next episode, but I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, excited. I'm telling you, look in the same place. Look at necks. Either you're going to see Derek's big old Jeffrey the Giraffe thing or, you know, Julia Houston all bundled up. But it's so much neck. It's not even bad. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. Okay. I'm I'm excited. Looking forward to that. Um and really, it's like I kind of this is I'll, I'm gonna uh, bury the lead here. I think this episode I really fully understood, and I wouldn't say it was totally on board with, but I get why they are having so much trouble choosing between Karen and Ivy, even though Ivy again looks like uh, Marilyn. She has ten years of Broadway experience. She's just like. It's a it's a no brainer. But if we're talking about like the early day, it's almost like I wish um, Karen could play Marilyn in Act One and Ivy could play her in like Act Two, like once mm. she gets the the transformation. But I get it. I don't. But you know, and Tom says, you know, you gotta have chops, and Karen doesn't have them, and I I do get that. But um, and more on that later. I just wanted to start that uh, that through line there. I mean, I I I do think it. I see. I, I, it took me until towards the end of this episode, the second time watching it, where I was like, "Oh, okay. I guess I could kind of see why they're still hanging on to Karen." Yeah, um, and and certainly my. I mean, they, this comes up in this episode, but you know, certainly one of my takeaways from the first episode was like, Ivy Lynn has like, it. She's almost do. She's doing way more than Marilyn ever would, and so she's great. But like, maybe it's too much for this character. You know, like she's and she's got such big features, and like it's just is such a like blown up version of Marilyn where like if you really look at Catherine McPhee and once they put the blonde wig on her it's like well I guess yeah it's kind of Marilyn-y you know yeah and I think it's maybe even when she was doing the the 20th century mambo um uh -huh. that she can't you like because she can go there like I think uh Catherine McPhee like has like she can't belt like Megan Hilty, but she can still belt. Like it's just enough. Whereas Megan Hilty is like, she's going to blow the roof off the place and she's going to kill it. But I think, you know, she could also rein it into there's, there are songs coming up where, we, where you will see the softer side of her, but all we know of her right now is, is that. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So finally Derek, you know, he acquiesces and tells Tom that he's right. And Tom is just agog, simply agog at this. Um, and then we get a, a quick, peek at Ellis who is listening outside the door Ugh, my notes call him Alice and now I will only think of Ellis as Alice yeah, of course he's the worst um okay so now we're on West 44th Street uh the Majestic Theater is off to the right which is home of Phantom of the Opera Phantom as, as it's known Phantom if you will yes I love the specifics 44th Street. yeah I do my research yeah. uh sometimes uh so Ivy is walking with these are very key 
sort of ancillary characters. We have Jessica, who's played by Savannah Wise, and Dennis, played by Philip Spath. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. They're th- oh, so they have names. I was calling them bangs and dance pants. I mean, they're kind of like a, a flotsam and jetsam sort of yeah. package um, at this point, too. <laughs> but that, I like those. Dance pants. Um, and dance pants was the guy that Tom had the dalliance with, but he couldn't remember his name. And then he like left yes. onto the stage yes. and, and the first episode. And I thought that was Dennis, but wasn't his name something else in the pilot? It, it was Dennis. When I rewatched it, it was, okay. it was Dennis. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, and he's a cutie. Like, I feel like he looks like every gay man in New York. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. He looks like every gay actor. in Like, it's just, it is such a generic, like, yeah, you, you could play ensemble guy. You could yep. play, you know, a lead. Maybe you could play Aladdin in, like, you know, somewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, so, basically, this whole conversation is, is, is Ivy talking to Jessica and Dennis about... Um, the callback and she's kind of she has to go for uh, a dance call and she's reading some stuff and, and, and there's this other girl that they have in mind Karen something and she's so sick of those feathers Colin she's she's sick of going on stage looking like a demented duck I was like Whoa. what a weird line yeah Ugh. you know I, I wish we got to see maybe just a little bit more of what exactly is heaven on earth i don't know if we ever get to see like another scene from it we do get to see one number i mean yeah but i I, it's really not much more than that uh norbert leo butts makes an appearance oh jamie from uh, the last five years yes of course uh so he there's a number that he sings it's very a crucial moment for ivy and that's all i'll say at this point but um a little we get a little bit more later Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll wait. Hold on to that. Yes. Put a feather in that. Um, So next we're at Dev's, uh, you know, workplace, some government building, you know, town hall. I don't know. Generic, like business talk, business talk, business talk. Yes. And such like uh, quippy sort of charming dialogue to the press. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure someone will do something stupid or illegal soon. And they're like, pop, 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 pop. Oh, Dev, you always treat us right. And, and then, of course, he's got to riff him. You know, now if you'll excuse me, I have a lunch date with a young lady who is significantly more attractive than you clowns. And I'm like, all right, Mary. Like, just say I got to go. <laughs> yes, I know. It's it's getting to that point where it's like he was so dapper and, like, charming. And he still is. But you, you need to tone it down a little bit, Dev. But... There was almost a like I in the, in this moment like a Mick Dreamy quality, like a Derek Shepard quality to Dev, you know? Yes, absolutely. Saying all the right things at all the right times. Um so but not being suspicious of Karen at all. I mean, they finally talk about it a little bit. So let yeah, let's get into this. So Karen shows up she tells Dev her agent called and says she has to go to another callback for dancing. And Dev says, like, well, you were gr- a great dancer in some show. I don't even know if he says it, but he just said, like, well, you can dance. Again, supportive. And she does mention, and this is, I want to say this because I feel it's key for later, that it's, uh, again, with a director. And she's like, sometimes they do both, like, director, direct and choreograph. Mm-hmm. And then Dev remembers how Karen had to go to his flat the other night. And he's like, you never did tell me much about that night. And Karen very unconvincingly tells him that's because nothing happened. Oh, my God. It is like, it, again, it's a baby. It's a child trying to get away with lying. Yeah. It's like, wake up, Pearl. Like, sometimes you just want to slap Karen. I, yeah. And then one for Dev, just because it's like, 
you fell for that? Yeah, like, wouldn't you be a little... It, it just... It, there's so much more in that. Like, there's too much subtext in that, that sen- sentence that just... She's just so guilty. But, I mean, she's right in saying that nothing happened, but, like, something could have happened, and I guess it kind of did. I don't know. I think if I were Dev and that happened... I I would consider it something. If it was like, oh, so you were like wearing his shirt and you were in your pants. Yeah, that's true. I was still that's true. Dripping out of you, and then you tried to seduce him, and then you stopped. Like, I also wouldn't believe it. You know what I mean? For sure. So now we're at the adoption agency offices. Uh, Julia and Frank are there. The social worker. <laughs> social worker, mama. The social worker. <laughs> She's coming today. She's coming today. Someone got to answer the door, mama. Yeah. <laughs> We need more bananas. Yeah. I ate the peel first, mama. (laughs) And I have to say, I fell like a little in love with Brian Darcy James here. I I just think he looks so handsome. Those beautiful blue or green eyes. Mm. Um, I, they've been, we find they've been married for 18 years, which is, uh, what do they say? It's like, that's unheard of, especially in show business. Oh my God. Wow. These two schlubs, they should be sleeping all over the place. And uh, Brian Darcy James, or Frank rather, says that they've been waiting 10 months already because the the adoption agency, what do we call her? The social, the social worker. The social worker, mama. The social worker, mama. I just want a sound of you saying that for the soundboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. And basically says, like, she says something in fact, like, then the waiting starts. And he's like, it starts. We've been at this for 10 months already. And she says sometimes it can take up to two years, which I feel even without, like, the limited amount of information I know about adopting, like, it's, it's especially from another country, I feel like that's pretty standard. You know, it's it's shocking he didn't know that. Yeah, but, but you know, I mean, I think the concern is that if they have to wait two years for the baby, Leo will probably be dead by then. <laughs> I mean, he's... <laughs> he slipped on a banana know. peel on the stairs. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There goes his hip because, you know, he's 82. Yes. It's like Karen's a baby. Leo's 82. Yes. Uh, so I, I think that's all that happened in that scene. You know, it's just like, what now? And then we cut to Karen, who was at Alvin Ailey, the audition studio, with Derek mm-hmm. and a few dancers and I I guess this is kind of on part. Like, I just feel like there should be more of the team there. Like, in addition to the director, usually, like, a, a stage manager or is there or someone to kind of, like... Because at first I thought it was just Derek again, but then I realized that there are other dancers as well. But I just felt like there should have been more people. Yeah, we did at least get Tom singing the track, which was so, like, cringy. It was just so weird. It was as if he was being recorded in the shower singing it. <laughs> Yes, and he didn't know they were using. Ellis it, is know? outside, like rearranging exactly. his closet, exactly. Listening right, to Tom right. sing, of course. Yeah, uh, uh, putting it on you. Lens. I was just gonna say, yeah, watch out. <laughs> yeah. And then we see this is where it's like, it. I'm surprised they didn't make more more of an effort to really reinforce the fact that Derek is like a Bob Fosse type, like because mm-hmm. you you can just tell that he can't dance. I mean that neck. That earthworm just oh. like thro- throws off his whole How center could he of possibly? gravity. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, but we do see the real choreographer who actually choreographed everything in the show, and he won an Emmy for it. Uh, his name is Joshua Bergasi. I'm going to say that, but his name in the show is Josh, which I love. And he doesn't mm-hmm. really have any lines. He just does, you know, like a five, six, seven, eight. Um, right. But 
Derek goes up to and like this is where it's like give Derek some dancing terms like you know like to make us believe he all he says is it's a fast tight spin and says let's make ourselves a Maryland like he doesn't say like chasse into like a you know uh ball change any sort of dancing term or something like that right right that would suggest that he does both yeah yeah I I'm just gonna say you know because we are putting in a little you know free preview on the main feed and as we are getting to where the opening titles of the episode come in where we get the warming orchestra sounds and and you know the smashing lights this might be a good time to say that uh if you'd like to join us for the rest of this episode including a line-by-line reading of the leo and julia scene uh you can get the rest of this episode on patreon.com slash bsa pod uh and uh, otherwise, you know, maybe we'll put a little preview for you next week. But uh, unless you're a Patreon, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to shimmy on into Act 2. Uh, and it's a closed set. That's right. Let's make ourselves a Maryland action. <laughs> like action. Five, six, yeah. seven, eight. There we go. Yeah. Next on Smash. Yes. Yeah. Um, and anyway, bye. <laughs> See ya.